Army veteran Brian Elliott is a serial entrepreneur with a passion for reinventing outdated consumer experiences. He is currently a co-founder at Wove, where their team of experienced goldsmiths and designers will create a ring that tells your story. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union lets you experience more. From everyday commutes to your next big vacation, the flagship credit card earns you three times the points on travel, so you can get rewarded for wherever you're headed next. All right, today we're talking with Army veteran Brian Elliott, co-founder of Wove Custom Rings. Um, Brian, got some great things to talk about. Before we get started with entrepreneurship, take us back. Tell us what you did when you were in the Army. Joe, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so I, I came into the Army by way of West Point. I was an infantry officer, so uh, spent some time down in Georgia, and then fortunately I uh, was stationed out in Germany, so got to enjoy uh all that Eastern and Western Europe has to offer uh, back when things were more stable that way. Um, and it finally ended out at uh, First Ranger Battalion in Savannah, Georgia as an infantry officer there in the Ranger Regiment. And so um, really had the opportunity to, to live all over the world and manage some really, really incredible teams while I was in the military and then you know transitioned in 2019 uh, directly into the startup space from there. Yeah. Now, did the did your transition out of the Army come as a, as a surprise or... Um, were you well prepared for it when it finally happened? Yeah, so it wasn't a surprise. I, you know, had a purposeful plan to do a lot of self-study around entrepreneurship on my way out and uh, and enter into a startup as an early employee. But I still think uh, for everyone, there's there's an element of surprise, no matter how prepared you are uh-huh. on what that transition is going to feel like kind of uh, change in structure, change in day-to-day life. Um, I don't think there's anything you can do to fully prepare, but I think, you know, you know, listening to podcasts like this and, and uh, reading other content around it definitely, you know, helps, helps folks. Yeah. Now, what were some of the things that you were forward thinking and uh, preparing? You knew you, somehow you wanted to go into entrepreneurship. Uh, you, you had that, that idea. Um, what were some of the things you were doing to prepare to jump into entrepreneurship when you got out of the army? Yeah. So a lot of heavy reading, a lot of uh, heavy podcasting, and then a lot of informational interviews with folks that were a few years ahead of me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. of, of all of those three areas, I think, you know, one and two being, you know, self-study audio or, or reading helped me have really effective informational interviews with veterans that were willing to give me 30 minutes or an hour of their time to dive in on what does your life look like when you wake up in the morning, you're not going to PT, what are you doing? Right. Um, and yeah. so it's like that level of, of, of tactical understanding is so helpful because the transition process is, is such a gray box on what you're getting into. And then I think entrepreneurship for a lot of folks is, is even an additional layer of, of facade on, on what you're getting into as well. So as having really targeted, really thoughtful conversations with, folks that, you know, were thoughtful enough to give an hour of their time made a huge difference to me to, uh, to get out and at least be directionally headed, uh, in the right cardinal direction. Uh, and then over time working on getting the actual azimuth correct, but, uh, directionally moving in the right direction. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I commend you for being that forward thinking and you're actually 
calling people and doing informational interviews with those that have already gotten out and everything. It's a, that not many, not many folks do that. So good on you. So wh- where did, where did the entrepreneurial bug come from? Because you, you had said as you were getting out of the army, you knew you wanted to do something in entrepreneurship, not go out in corporate America and get the job. Yeah. I reflected on what about the military that I loved and, you know, it was the only professional job and a ton of jobs like working on farms growing up and, and um, kind of a lot of manual labor work before West Point, but then looking on the, the duration as an army officer, like what did I love? And for me, it was when I had the opportunity to create something from scratch. Um, and so I had a few opportunities to do that uh, in my time as a platoon leader. Uh, and, you know, I remember as a conventional PL, they just kind of, sent us to Poland and they were like, your whole job is to be like as noticed as possible, like, and just have a presence. And so go. Right. Uh, and so I was, that was very exciting to me uh, that, you know, directionally had a kind of a concept of what we were doing, but there was no prescriptive task X, Y, Z. And then I went on to have several similar, uh, more dynamic experiences like that in the Ranger regiment where it was, you know, very broad direction and then was able to create, programs and teams uh, really from scratch and, and to achieve something. And so that was very, very exciting to me. Uh, what was what was not super exciting to me is that I, I couldn't guarantee that was always what uh, my life in the military was going to be like, uh, especially as you start becoming a field grade and, and you're going to end up in the S3 shop. And uh, it's pretty prescriptive on that point on, on what you're going to do. And so um, I wanted to put myself in an environment where I could guarantee a lot of latitude of, uh, of what I could do to achieve uh, a greater outcome. Yeah. And w- were you exposed to any type of entrepreneurial concepts when you were still at West Point? Um, I assisted engineering major. So uh, entrepreneurship wasn't a, a huge part of the curriculum, but uh, the interface between like people and technology was. And so uh, that was, was very exciting to me. Um, I mean, even going way before West Point, I remember like, uh, you know, late junior high, having my first flip phone, having a cell phone period and thinking like the world is, the world is different, right? Like, um, going, studying engineering, realizing what opportunities there are to, uh, apply existing technologies in new ways, uh, or, or discover new technologies. And for me, I just found that there's ample opportunity to apply existing technologies in new ways and in new industries, uh, that folks haven't thought of yet. And so, I was very, very excited about, uh, you know, what I studied at West Point and then kind of continued to see that in the military, right? There's like yeah. a lot of, of existing technologies that they kind of throw at you and it's, and oftentimes there are more novel ways to apply those, uh, than, than folks initially might think at first pass. Right. So you got out of the army and you managed to actually get hired at a startup. Yeah, yeah. So a uh, young company, um, just through networking, really, and uh, had the opportunity to come in and really like learn. Um, and uh, I definitely, uh, you're either learning or earning. Uh, if you're doing both, you're in a great job. Uh, I was really, I was doing more learning than earning uh, at, a, at a very young company at that point. And so yeah. uh, it's a little bit of eating humble pie uh, and just saying, you know, I, 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 I've never done this before. Uh, I'm willing to take a role that's maybe more junior than what I would get in a, in a large corporation uh, because yeah, this is, a, this is a new environment for me and I'm willing to put in the work. And uh, I wanted to be customer facing because, you know, it, it, 
all you ever read in every single book is how important it is to understand the customer. And so for, for me, I wanted to be in a customer facing role uh, where I could do some operations work, kind of kind of shape that work stream. And so uh, went into a SaaS company and did just that. And uh, it was a lot of hard work for, for not a lot of pay, uh, but I was able to kind of lay the foundation of the education uh, that I was, I think, missing to, to be able to kind of go forward and do my own thing. Yeah. Cause that was good. My follow-on question was if you're talking to somebody who's getting out of the military and wants to get hired at a startup, what's the best way to go about that? But you kind of already answered it. So you did it through networking. I mean, you, you were, you had figured out the networking game before you got out of the army. So talk a little bit about how powerful networking was to you uh, while you're still in the army and how helpful it was in your transition. Yeah, for I mean, for a lot of folks uh, that are that are getting out of the military, networking feels like this like gross word, right? Like, <laughs> um, but uh, really, like you're increasing your surface area for luck by having interesting conversations with interesting people, uh, mm-hmm. and oftentimes in those conversations, there's a way that you can provide that individual value, or at least be on their queue if they if they have something that they're going to need in the future, like. People in startups are always looking for another person to test their product or look at a web page, a landing page with totally clean eyes. And uh, you can at least offer that in value in exchange for some of their time. And so you try to maximize the amount of interesting conversations with interesting people, uh, show that you can provide value. And then through that, uh, and some some level of serendipity, like uh, folks tend to find, find a place to work at. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Interesting conversations with interesting people definitely puts a good perspective on networking. So hold that thought. We're going to take a break and be right back. I know so many of you are figuring out what's next in your career. As a veteran, you might be looking at a whole new path and wondering what training you need to get there. If you're considering a job in software engineering, I highly recommend checking out Sabio. I know a lot of veterans that have successful careers in software since leaving the military. Sabio is a coding boot camp and developer community that's been training veterans since 2013. So many former students say Sabio has changed their lives. Sabio is not your average boot camp. In just 17 weeks, you'll not only learn to code, but gain real life experience and graduate ready to start a real high paying tech job. I love that finding a job is built into the program. After military service, finding a new job you love can be so daunting. Sabio has helped so many veterans kickstart their careers in tech. Sabio could be a game changer for you. Visit sabio.la slash on the move to learn how you can use your VA benefits to enroll at Sabio. That's sabio.la slash on the move. Don't wait. Go to sabio.la on the move today to learn more. Traveling is so beneficial, whether it's to relax or see somewhere new. And wherever you're going, A travel rewards card just makes traveling so much easier. I've had the flagship credit card for a couple of decades now. The premium travel card has a low annual fee of $49 and two times the points on all purchases outside of travel, meaning the rewards don't have to end even when the vacation does. Flagship credit card also comes with up to $100 in credits toward TSA pre-check or global entry and reimbursement on an annual Amazon Prime membership. Hmm, I didn't know that. I need to look into that. Learn how you can earn up to three times points on travel and more with the flagship credit card at NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, open to the armed forces, the DOD, veterans, and their families. Flagship rates are variable and range between 10.74% and 18% APR based on credit worthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to a dollar at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Credit and collateral subject to approval. 
All right, back talking with Army veteran Brian Elliott, co-founder of Wove, custom ring design. So, um, so Brian, in, in your bio, you have one an interesting thing that I want to bring up. You have a passion for reinventing outdated consumer experiences. I really like the sound of that because I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, a lot of things that we've been doing for decades the same way, and you, you know, some some people call that disrupting an industry, but you might just be reinventing the way it's done. And uh, especially with, with Wove and, and the custom ring design, you're definitely reinventing the engagement or wedding ring experience. So talk a little bit about what kind of, what kind of consumer experiences are you reinventing? Yeah. Joe, I'm one of those people that like uh, feels constantly like infuriated by experiences that could be a lot better. Um, and usually they're, they're not because of some entrenched industry insider and, uh, on a long enough time horizon, all of those old industries that are, that are incredibly fragmented and slow moving will be disrupted. Um, and so that's really from a, a sort of perspective, what I've been doing in the last few companies, uh, I've been in specifically at well here, um, you know, the, the engagement ring industry is one of these really old, really large and really fragmented spaces that is tough from the consumer perspective. And it's also really tough to get entry into from an innovator's perspective. And so um, that was it's one of the reasons that, you know, it hasn't really changed much in the last 20 years, but broadly in the last hundred. And so uh, I'll provide a little color on Wove and then maybe I'll provide some color on, on how we came to the inside. But Wove is a, it's a, custom engagement ring company. We connect consumers to designers over Zoom to create a one-of-a-kind ring. And then we build them an exact replica of that ring for an at-home try-on experience. And so the replicas are, are indistinguishable from the final ring. So oh, yeah. there's probably a lot of listeners that are that are on audio here, but I'm holding it up for Joe and he's smiling uh, because he thinks I'm holding up a real ring. Uh, but really these are, these are exact imitation rings of your design. And what this allows our couples to do is to try it on the comfort of their home, know this is exactly the design they want, make any final tweaks before they make that lifelong purchase. And then we'll build the final ring out of our shop in Pennsylvania. Um, And so we noticed kind of two big challenges in the industry. One is if you do try to go online and buy from one of these online competitors like Blue Nile, you're buying off of a picture and oftentimes spending five to $20,000 off of a picture. And so uh-huh. you don't have the certainty of the at-home try-on. And if you walk into a store, it's this really high-pressured environment with very limited options, maybe 20 or 25 rings right in front of you right. uh, with a person trying to try to push. So you want an unlimited design optionality with the total certainty of being able to wear it around and decide on your own terms. And so you kind of created a company uh-huh. around these two failure points inside of the consumer experience. And the, the process, how I understand it, is actually pretty quick. Yeah, it's incredibly fast. Uh, many, many uh, weeks faster than the rest of the industry. And you know, we were, we're able to do that because we build everything right here in the United States. So uh, most most custom anything and, and jewelry is, is metalworks, uh, in, primarily in China. Uh, and so you add, you know, the typical six-week processor was that. Uh, and then you add all the constraints to the current supply chain and getting, getting anything custom built. That's just incredibly slow. Um, and so for us... We knew that the key unique selling proposition of Wove was this at-home try-on experience that we could offer you in a week. Uh, and so we built all of our manufacturing in the U.S. One because 
we're great Americans and want to build put jobs right here in the U.S., but two, because it allows us to get that replica onto our consumers' hands so much faster and let them decide with certainty uh, this is what they want. Wow. So, so let's talk a little bit about Wove and run some numbers past this, uh, you know, like number of rings made or how many designers you guys have working. What, what kind of a, what kind of workflow you guys got going on at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Happy to share some color on that. Uh, and so, you know, we drew and I drew, Drew's my partner is another, uh, military veteran, uh, another fellow ranger. Uh, so, uh, we got to spend some time doing some non-jewelry stuff first, uh, but, but Drew's family has been in the industry for 40 plus years. He worked in his family's business in the, in the jewelry store after getting out. And so um, he kind of brings that expertise to us as a team. Uh, and so we started this idea 18 months ago. Um, we really took last year to test the consumer experience. So the consumer experience that we are on today isn't necessarily where we started. Uh, we were really looking for a series of events that could kind of eliminate the pain points of the consumer is feeling uh, and really streamline the process. So we did that last year. Uh, and then we really launched Wove, as you know it today, as a true brand in January. Uh, and we've, we've grown about 400% in headcount. Uh, we have about a 20-person team now continuing to hire and grow because mm-hmm. we took the time to find the consumer experience that uh, that people were going to want. Um, and so we're, really, we're, we're hiring, we're hiring goldsmiths as fast as we can to, to fulfill demand at this point, which is a, which is a good spot to be in. Um, yeah, but it's really awesome. like folks, folks really like love to, to hear that, that moment in time, but really like it's the work that we put in on the front half that really unlocks the capacity for us to, to, to have this growth right in the back half. Mm-hmm. And how satisfying is the experience for the customer? Yeah, so our, our NPS scores or, or net promoter scores, uh, which uh, for, is the measurement of how likely someone is to recommend you to a friend or all like off the charts for this. And so that was really our, awesome. um, our indicator that our consumer experience was correct. So we kept iterating on the series of events that a consumer would go through until they recommended a friend that would recommend a friend and we saw that repeatedly. Uh, and so like when you come on to... Uh, well, today, like you, you probably heard about us from, from one of your friends, uh, because it's, it's, it's that talked about. And it's just the experience of getting, uh, an exact replica of your design in your week in a week that feels, feels magical to the consumer. There's a lot of work in the background that goes to, yeah. to putting that on, but we're removing all of the stress from being in the store and all the stress from buying blindly online and, and, and folks take the replicas, they put them on their finger, they fall in love with the design. And, and like we've solved the problem for them in a way that's meaningful. And so um, they're, they're, they're happy with the experience. They get to keep the replicas and that's honeymoon ring. Uh, so they don't have to take the more expensive one on. And uh, yeah, the, the entire experience is just built around uh, making it so much more enjoyable for the consumer. Uh, and at the same time, we're, we're like very, very uh, price competitive of all our competitors because we don't hold any inventory. So uh, we build everything just in time. So it's a, a much better consumer experience that is the same price uh, as if you walk to a store. Yeah. Uh, do you, as far as your supply chain, like wh- where do the diamonds come from? Some someplace specific or is it all over the map? Yeah. So we get a lot of diamonds from, from Antwerp, but ultimately our, our measure is you know, ethically sourced through the Kimberly process. And beyond that, we have access to about half the world's diamonds through, through our relationships with uh, 
with diamond mines and diamond site holders. And so that allows us to have an ample supply to provide consumers optionalities. And yeah. what we'll do is, you know, when the consumer tries to replicate on, we actually go out to market and go curate them a selection of diamonds, uh, present them an options, uh, option of three diamonds at a time to choose from. Uh, that way we can really go out, find what is the best diamond to fit with that ring and make it easy on the consumer to make that final pick. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you, you start do do people start with the diamond or they start with the ring? They start with the design, the design of the ring almost every yeah. time. Uh, we, we generally know what shape they want, uh, but the final diamond selection uh, is typically the last step. Uh, we kind of encourage folks to get the design right and then we'll find the perfect stone for that design. Yeah. Silver still in style or are we going back to gold yet? It's a lot of, a lot of gold, uh, yeah. a lot of gold these days, classic yellow gold, uh, really thin bands, uh, is, is sort of what's, what's in vogue right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause 20 plus years ago, everything was gold, but it, for a couple of decades, it was all, nothing but silver. So it's kind of funny to see it going back, You're making a comeback, going back to gold, gold's making a comeback. Yeah. So, um, what kind of things have you learned? I mean, starting to, a startup from scratch, essentially, you know, your, your co-founder was in, was in the, uh, diamond jewelry industry family wise, which probably helped tremendously. But, um, what kind of things, what kind of lessons learned do you have to share starting a company from scratch like this, especially when you're reinventing a consumer experience? Yeah. So I would say going slow to go fast in the beginning is really what you're, you're trying to do. And, and by going slow, I mean, don't just, uh, don't just pick a, a user experience because it's a little bit better or it's, it's, it's a lot better. It has to be like 10 times better than what somebody experiences mm-hmm. today for it to be worth committing, you know, resources and time to, to choose that. So it's, you're really upfront a lot of time, iterating, trying different, uh, in our cases, user experiences, but in other cases, it's, it's pure products, whatever your excellent proposition is, iterate until, until the customer has to have it. And then you can go and hit the gas and capitalize the company and hire the team. And all of those things are, are critically important. Um, but you can, you can capitalize the company and get the best team in place. Um, but if you haven't done the work up front to ensure that what you're providing is substantially better than what's on the market, uh, it's, it's going to fail. Yeah. So if, if you're, if you're looking to reinvent a customer experience, how, how do you, how do you evaluate a, a typical customer experience? Like, um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but have you ever had it where you see the new customer experience and when you see the new one at that point, you realize how frustrating the old one was and you never realized how frustrating it was. Uh, I, I really think there has to be pain in the process for yeah. someone to switch. Right. Um, and, uh, that's really what you're looking for is, is some level of stress, pain, angst that the mm-hmm. existing experience covers, like creating something that, uh, is 10 times better, but people aren't looking for an alternative for won't necessarily kind of have that effect that you're looking for, but people would have to be excited for an alternative because, what they are currently going through is less than ideal. Yeah. Um, I find even when I was, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps, there was a lot of frustrating processes and experiences. And of course, most of the time you couldn't do anything about it. But um, in early on, I, I thought that I, I thought maybe I was just lazy because I, I always pushed back on some of the silliness that we had to go through and deal with. But later on, I started realizing 
Yeah, I'm not actually lazy. I, I just I just can't stand inefficiencies or those frustrating customer experiences that just don't have to be that painful. But um, and then you know, post military, every time I'm on a website or something, I'm just like, wow, this is really painful. I don't know who put this together, but just a lot more aware of that these days. And um, years ago, before you, you really thought about it, like the the frustrating experience of the DMV or we've all got those things. Um, get, go get in your driver's license, whatever it may be. But um, every once in a while you run into a state that's got, got things figured out a lot better than, than the other ones. So um, interesting that you guys have basically taken the pain out of uh, getting an engagement ring and, or getting wedding rings. So um, good on you. And uh, you know, that, that's awesome. So if somebody's interested in Wove, trying out your process, looking for a ring, how do we find you? Yes, they go to wovemade.com. It's W-O-V-E-M-A-D-E.com. And then we're on all the major socials at wove underscore made. So Instagram, TikTok, uh, Mm -hmm. all of them. We're on on all the things. Uh, But uh, yeah, easiest way is to go to to wovemade.com and fill out a quiz. You'll get matched with a designer and uh, schedule an appointment to work with a designer. Or, you know, if you're a veteran transitioning out, you can, feel free to shoot me uh, shoot me a message on LinkedIn as well. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, get you squared away. That's awesome. Appreciate that. Um, so if you're talking to somebody that is on their way out, looking to get into entrepreneurship, doesn't necessarily want to go into corporate America and get that J-O-B, what kind of advice comes to mind? Yeah, I think it just, it all comes into, you know, reaching out to folks in the field that you're interested in getting into, whether that's, that's SaaS, whether that's consumer products, um, whether that's e-com, uh, each of these, uh, or, or whether that's, you know, entrepreneurship to acquisition, right? There's, there's lots of opportunities and pathways towards being an entrepreneur. So I think it's, a, it's an exercise in informational interviews and then segmentation and figuring out which one of these segments do you want to dive deep on. Uh, and if that's, you know, buying a business versus building a business, uh, then you need to go deep on informational interviews with people buying businesses. And if that's buying plumbing businesses, then you got to find 10 people that have bought a plumbing business and talk to them. And so mm-hmm. really continuing to segment down into the area in which you think will be, you know, most fulfilled, uh, talking about folks that have done it before and understanding how important, uh, highly contextual information is because the path to build a venture back business is very different than the path to build a business with debt. And understanding that, understanding the route that's going to be required for you to take uh, is, is is really important to uh, save yourself from from losing even more hair than you lost in the military. <laughs> Absolutely. Sage advice. Awesome. Um, I love the emphasis on networking and your approach to it. Um, back even when you were in the army before you got out, it, uh, if I, th- I would think if, if there'd be one thing that, a lot of veterans could do to tremendously improve their lot in life is figure out the networking thing. And you've, you've shared, shared some great advice on that. So look forward to seeing uh, Wove, uh, Wove's success in the future and uh, good luck to you. And hopefully we'll have you back on the show sometime. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jerry. Appreciate the time. You bet. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.